No, thank you, um, Paulette, because uh, my name is important to me. Um, and uh, for those of you all who don't know, just real quickly, in fact, I was named Jonathan for a reason. My father's middle name is Saul. He was named after King Saul. So King Saul's son was named Jonathan. And Jonathan's best friend was David, and that's my brother's middle name. Um, and my daughter's name is Abigail, who was not, not David's first wife, but um, his most wise wife, actually. A very wise woman she was. Um, anyway, yeah, for a, names for a purpose. Anyway, that's not what I'm talking about today. Um, but it was kind of interesting, kind of fun. Um, what we have been talking about over the last several weeks since Vision Sundays, we've been talking about kind of our purpose here at Living Grace. And I don't know about you all. I'm going to be, like, brutally honest. I'm going to try to be honest the whole time, but I'm going to be brutally honest. Sometimes I wonder, I ask myself, why am I going to church today? Am I the only one? Okay, so, so you brooding Nobody else was willing to be brutally honest. <laughs> or maybe I'm the only one. That's okay. Um, but sometimes I'm like, why, why, why am I coming to church today? Um, and now, I have a purpose for being here. I work here. So, um, <laughs> um, so I kind of have to go, kind of. Um, but you all certainly don't, do you? You come because you choose to. Am I crackling? Um, you come because you choose to. And maybe when you were younger, you were made to. How many of y'all, when you, when you were younger, were made to come? To, you kind of had to come. You didn't really have a choice. Not that that was necessarily a bad thing, but you weren't, you didn't get to choose that on your own. Now, as adults, you get to choose. And you get to come here because you want to. Right? <laughs> right? Or do some of you still come because you feel like you have to? <laughs> like you're supposed to? Yeah, I get it. I do. I get that. Um, and I actually study like group dynamics and stuff. And I, 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 so I ask myself that question a lot, kind of globally, not just myself. Why am I coming to church? Why do I keep going to church? But why do people go to church? Why do you all go to come to church? Because you have to? I hope not. Um, because you feel like you're maybe getting brownie points with God? I hope not. Um, because, in fact, whoever might be the most spiritually mature person here will tell you, and even not, is that you don't have to be here to meet with God, right? We can meet with God anywhere. In fact, he's with us all the time. We can be in the mountains, you know, we can be fishing. We can be, um, you know, walking a trail. We can be at work. We can be scrubbing toilets. And we could have a meeting with God, can't we? And so that even makes the question even kind of bigger. Why do we come here on Sunday? Why? Why? 
And for me, I want to be, I mean, there's something about me, I guess, something about God put in me that makes me want to be part of something bigger than myself. I believe that God actually put that in all of us, that desire to be part of something bigger than ourselves. Um, And even more than that, to get to know God, um, to be part of a, to be on a journey. In fact, last week, Pastor Richie talked about that the Christian life is called a walk, right? And that means by definition that it's not static, right? It doesn't stay still. You can't walk and stay still at the same time. So there's movement that is implied. So so I want to be part of that movement. Hopefully that movement is positive, is forward, right? I mean, we can walk backwards, but in general we walk forwards. We hope to be walking forwards. And so we're hoping to gain ground, to grow a little bit. Is that why y'all maybe come to church? Because you want to grow? Is that... Does that make sense? I mean, is that maybe really why we come? Because you're looking for something. You're looking for something bigger than yourselves. You're looking to not be the same person when you walked in the door as when you walk out. Is that too lofty? Is that fair to say? But then the next question is, okay, so that's my kind of sociologist hat. And then I think, okay, now I put my pastor hat on. I think, how are we doing? How are we at Living Grace? How are we doing with that? When you walk in, or when you walk out, you feel a little different? You feel like you've grown a little bit since you've walked in? Huh. And that's something that actually Pastor Richie and myself and the elders, we've like not just pondered, we have really dug into that. How are we doing? How, you know, I mean, you come week after week looking for something, looking to grow, looking to be part of something maybe a little bigger than yourselves, to be a little bit different, better, hopefully, than when you first walked in. And we, as kind of representing this church at least, how are we doing? Are we helping you with that? And to be honest, when we first had that conversation, we all kind of stared at each other. (laughs) And we're like, how are we doing? Wow, I don't know. Hmm, maybe not very well. Well, boy, we better fix something about that. Right? Because... That's our job, right? I mean, that's what God has laid on my heart and Pastor Richie's heart and the elders' hearts to be part of that walk of yours, of each of yours, to help you grow, right? And so we looked at, the first thing we did is we looked at Sunday, Sunday church, right? Sunday church, kind of the big ticket. And Pastor Richie talked about that the last couple of weeks, actually, during Vision Sunday and last week, and that that's like the big entry point, Right? That's where people come. I mean, if somebody wants to know about living grace, what are they going to do? 
Well, they might look on our website, sure. But if they really want to find out what we're about, what are they going to do? They're going to show up on Sunday, right? So our identity as a church um, really is kind of defined to a large extent by Sunday. Whether we like it or not, it kind of is, right? And so we talked about, and we looked at that and said, okay, so how are we doing? How are we doing as part of that process of helping people to grow in their relationship with the Lord? And so we kind of broke it up into some parts, and the first part was Sunday. And we said, well, we're doing okay. I mean, you know, Pastor Richie and myself, you know, the word, is, the word of God is preached, and we, there's community, and, you know, I mean, there's good stuff going on. But there's some stuff that Sunday just isn't that good at, Right? I mean, to be honest, right, we can't do everything on Sunday, and it's not all about Sunday, right? In fact, it's actually more about the rest of the week. In fact, Pastor Richie and I uh, uh, visited another church earlier this week, and at every exit, it said, you are now entering the mission field. Kind of cool, huh? True, too, huh? (laughs) And so it's not really about Sunday. It's not all about Sunday, is it? Um, and in a large gathering, it's limited, right? I mean, let's be honest. Sunday is great, but it's also limited in what it can do. And we started looking at this discipleship process, right? The growth process of people growing with the Lord. And one of the things we realized when we kind of stared at each other, like, how are we doing with this? We've realized that we'd gotten it, made it very complicated. Right? So we've been talking about making things a little bit more simple, as it should be, right? And I found this kind of really cool quote. Um, It says, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Do you know who said that? Leonardo da Vinci in the 1500s. Making things simple is not a new concept. (laughs) Making things complicated is also not a new concept. And so what we've talked about is making things more simple, right? That doing Sunday as best we can, right, with excellence as unto the Lord, like we should do everything, but also recognizing that Sunday has its limitations. For example, do you think that you're going to get into really deep, meaningful, transparent, accountable relationships with people on Sunday? Is that going to happen on Sunday? No. Does that mean that Sunday's bad? No. That just means that Sunday is not a good forum for that. Right? And, but what is? Any ideas? One, more on one-on-one, right? Aren't you more likely to get into a deeper relationship? One-on-one or in a small group? kind of setting. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Remember, we've talked about connect, right? That's Sunday, right? We connect together as family. We meet corporately, right? We invite our friends, right, to come check us out and see what the little church on the corner is all about on Sunday. But does it stop there? Should it stop there? 
Should it stop there for any of you? Probably not. In fact, God's plan for you is way bigger than that. It's way bigger than just coming on Sunday. And don't get me wrong, we love to see you on Sunday. Um, and Sunday has a, does have a big purpose in the process. But it's not it. And so if you are um, used to just kind of showing up on Sunday and not being part of anything else, all right. But you're not accepting a great invitation. And today, I want to make that invitation even more clear to you. Jesus said in John chapter, uh, uh, John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes or came to, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. What does that say? God wants us to have an abundant life. Jesus wants us to have an abundant life. Right? To have it to the full is another translation. Coming just on Sundays, the truth is, doesn't do that. It can't do that. So how does that happen? Well, Jesus prayed for us. Did you all know that? Did you know that Jesus prayed for us before he was crucified? Did you know that? And what did he pray? In a nutshell, what did he pray? The scripture is going to be up on the, on the board. Um, but what did he pray? What was the, his main theme of that prayer? That unity, exactly, that we would be one. That we would be one as he is one with God the Father and Spirit. Right? That, and that's one, right? I mean, to be intimately connected to really, really doing life together. That nothing that happens to the Son that is, happens without the Father knowing about it. Right? And that everything that the Son did was for the Father and vice versa. They were one. They are one. And Jesus prayed that we would have that kind of unity. Now, when people ask you what church you go to, I'm sure they say, you say, you know, living grace. But is that the kind of unity that Jesus was praying for? You guys can put that next slide up. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but you can see if you look at it, this is uh, Jesus' prayer for us that we would be in unity, Right? Just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given, given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Right? Oneness. That is the life more abundantly. When we are one with Jesus and one with each other. That is the life most abundant. 
But does it happen on Sunday? A little, maybe, kind of, sort of. I mean, we kind of get together, right? We gather and it's good. And speaking of that, on Sunday, Pastor Richie talked about, um, we handed out those uh, kind of survey cards, you know, those little sheets asking for um, suggested topics that you might want you might want to hear about either on Sunday or in light groups. And so uh, y'all got those last week. We have more. If you didn't get one or if you forgot yours, if you'd please jot something down as far as a, um, a suggestion. We, will, we really, really want to hear what you want to hear, what you want to hear about, what you'd like to learn about. And we'll do that possibly corporately on Sunday or maybe in light groups. And we promise to pray over all of them and um, ask for God's leading in that. Um, But notice how even in that little sheet, it says, you know, maybe on Sunday, maybe in light groups. Because sometimes, some discussions work better in large groups and others not so much. I mean, to be honest, I try, I, I think of this as a dialogue. When I'm preparing, I think about it like a dialogue. But the truth is it's not. It's a monologue, right? Um, like groups shouldn't be a monologue, should they? They should be discussions. They sh- there should be dialogue in there. And so there's a lot more room for input and sharing and um, talking about what's going on and application, right? Because when we talk about application here on Sunday, what do we talk about? I mean, the bottom line is go out and do this, which is fine. Sometimes people need a little kick in the pants to go out and do something, to go do stuff. But in light groups, you can say, let's go do this. Right? You can partner with each other and do life and start um, creating those relationships that will cause further growth in your relationship with God in relationship with others, right? The two great commandments, love God, love others. Pastor Richie yes, uh, last week talked about, and the week before, talked about you can't love somebody you don't know, and you can't love somebody you don't spend time with, right? So we need to spend time with God, right? Uh, in our prayer closets, in our spiritual disciplines, we need to spend time with God. But how are we supposed to love others, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. Um, you kind of spend time with yourself, by default, um, may not be quality time, but you need to spend time with yourself, um, and you will, but you need to spend time with others. And so you see that this discipleship process of connect and then grow really isn't negotiable when it comes to the process that God has for us in growing to become the people, the men and women that God has designed us to be. We have to be in community with others. And so that is the great invitation. Maybe the second greatest invitation, right? The first greatest invitation is to connect with God, right? To know who God is, to know who Jesus is, and to invite him into your life. The second greatest invitation is to Start growing closer, you know, transparency, accountability, advocacy, as we like to call it, 
with other believers who become invested in, in you, right? Do y'all like to be... Okay, I know there's a lot of introverts here, and I'm definitely one of those, so this question isn't for you all introverts. You extroverts, you like to be the life of the party, right? You like to, you know, it's all about, you know, about me, right? No? Not, maybe not that much, but, you know, we like... Well, how, don't we all, even us introverts, don't we like to kind of be a part of a crowd that you feel important? Right? You feel like you matter, like people care about what's going on in your life. I promise you, we care here at Living Church. We do. Pastor Richie and I care for each and every one of you. But we can't do it very well on Sunday. I mean, in our hearts we can. But, I mean, it, in fact, I remember several years ago, Pastor Richie said to me, he said, you know, I wish I could go to lunch with every family in the church. Okay, if you did one family a week, every week, it would take like two years (laughs) to do it. So can Pastor, is it fair to expect Pastor Richie or myself to personally care for each and every one of you every day? Now in our hearts, like I said, we do. And I'm not just saying that. I mean, we do, and we pray for you all. But we, there is no way we could possibly know how you all are doing, each individually, daily. We can't. It's not possible. Sunday is not designed for that. But smaller groups are. And the only way we could possibly know how you're doing is if the small group leaders, right, those light group leaders are checking up for us. They're really doing the ministry, right? They got their boots on the ground and they're really caring for people. But what if you're not in one of those groups? Do we still love you? Absolutely. Do we still care for you? Absolutely. Are we still praying for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. But do we know what's going on? Probably not. So can we care for you well? Probably not. Not as well as we ought to be able to. I mean, yes, the first thing we can do is we can be praying for you, and we pray for you generally, you know, corporately, and sometimes individually, but if we don't know what's happening, how can we help? Right? I mean, that's one of the reasons, you know, we give, have the response cards and people, there's some people who are so diligent about putting their prayers down. I'm looking at Teresa, she's really good at that. Almost every week we get a prayer request from her. And we're so thankful for that. And we get to care for you and your family personally. But the truth is, if we got 150 of those every week, it would probably get a little watered down. Just because of time. We cannot do it all on Sunday. We'd be cheating you if we told you we could. You are cheating yourself if all you're doing is hanging out on Sunday. And what does this look like? What, what, I mean, we know, it, uh, those of you who aren't like 
you know, kind of old church folks. Uh, maybe you heard the term, you know, the Acts 2 church. Well, you know what the Acts 2 church is? When people talk about the Acts 2 church, you know what they're talking about, really? They are talking about just actually a few verses uh, starting in uh, uh, Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 2, starting around verse 42, where it says the believers all devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. Period. Right? Done. Nope. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while, praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. Right? And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. That's what people are talking about when they say the Acts 2 church. That's the life most abundantly. Right? That's what Jesus prayed that we would have with, each, with him and with each other. You all are cheating yourselves out of this. And there is nothing I can say or do to convince you otherwise. I mean, I'm here talking about it today and, and, real, and imploring you, give a like group a chance. But the truth is, I could preach this every Sunday. And you may or may, some of y'all may listen, some of you may not. So what we want to do is I'm going to make it easy for you. Okay, I'm going to make it easy. Because as an introvert, you want me to go to somebody's house and, you know, like not know. And see, Heather's like, she's like, oh, yeah, because I know Heather's one of my fe- fellow introverts. And like going to people, you know, and like not knowing folks and not knowing what to say or to do. So what are we going to do? going to make it easy. And in a few weeks, we're going to start some new light groups. Because if y'all, uh, some of y'all were here last year, right after Easter, when we, as a church, we studied the war room, or, you know, the, we went through the movie The War Room and did that all together. How many of y'all were here when we did that? Was that pretty good? Did y'all like that? Okay, we're going to do something very similar to that that I'm going to talk about in a minute to give you all an opportunity to kind of start out with a new light group with five weeks. That's all we're asking. Five weeks. That's it. Can you all give me five weeks? I mean, one day a week for five weeks, not the whole five weeks. A couple of, in fact, not even a whole day. Just a couple of hours to try it. Test me. Right? I challenge you. I promise you, you will grow in that five weeks. You don't believe me? Money back guarantee. By the way, there's no cost to joining the like group. Um, and um, so, and I mean, this is actually a thing, you know, when, when I was 
preparing this, I, there's all this scripture that talks about these things. There's so many ways of kind of looking at this because this is actually one of, it's a thread that goes through the enti- entire scripture. Okay. Um, and one of the uh, scriptures that I, you know, kind of jumped out on the page to me is the one that says where uh, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth and he describes the church as a body, right? We talk about the body, you know, that the church is, uh, uh, the church is a body um, and how if one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part rejoices or is honored, every part rejoices with it. And now you are the body of Christ. Can you be an arm all by yourself? What good are you? You might be a really strong arm, but if you're not attached to a body, what good are you? And can you possibly grow? Anybody ever see a severed limb grow? Right? And again, I mean, there's lots and lots of examples that Jesus he talked about vines and branches and body parts and um, all kinds of different things, you know, that we need to be attached in order to grow. Right? The problem is only being connected on Sundays isn't going to do it. You will not grow very much. Despite how much Pastor Richie's preaching is, I mean, he preaches the word and he's trying to, you know, give you as much meat as possible. The truth is, he's only giving you baby food. And I say that not because, not to, I'm not critiquing his preaching at all. I'm saying, you know why I, I it's, to me it's like baby food? Because he's spoon feeding you. You are sitting there and, say, oh, and he's saying, open wide, here. Right? That's what happens on Sunday. Not in light groups. They say, come take. Try some meat. If you start to choke on it a little bit, somebody will be there to help you. <laughs> right? I mean... Isn't it obvious the difference between being in a like group and, you know, corporately coming on Sunday, right? Sometimes we need to be fed a little bit, right? Okay, baby food is good if you want to stay a baby. You want to grow. You need to start getting some meat and feeding yourself, actually. Because right? I, I know there's little cans of Gerber actually have some meat in them, some of them, right? I know, I know, it's like, little. sounds like cat food. Um, but <laughs> you have to start feeding yourself, right? That's a sign, right? I mean, parents, right? When your parents, when your kids or your grandkids, right, started feeding themselves, right? First of all, oh, by the way, what happened? At first, they made a mess, Right? So when you first start in a light group, it might be messy. I can attest to that. Uh, Jennifer and I have been in our light group for going on five years now, I think. And it has gotten 
messy. Really messy. But we've grown, huh? We have grown together. We have grown in our relationship with God, first and foremost. We've grown with each other. And we have grown in who we are in Christ. We have grown in our gifts, right? That God has given us gifts and he's grown us through that. And I mean, as one of the leaders of the group, I see the people in the light group growing in the way that God would have them be. You know, in, what, in the way God wants them to grow. I have seen that. And in the coming weeks, you're going to see testimonies, not just not of our group necessarily, but of different groups, how folks are growing and serving and doing stuff. And they're not just doing stuff just to do stuff. They're doing it because we know that God doesn't miss an opportunity. He doesn't miss an opportunity to grow you. And he uses those relationships and those serving opportunities to grow you. And so if you're not in one of those groups, you're so missing out. Please give it a chance. Five weeks. I mean, our goal is that everybody, every regular attender of our church will be in a light group starting right after Easter for five weeks. That's it, five weeks. Do you think we can do that? Think, you think everybody can do that? Now, in order to do that, I mean, right now we only have like five or six light groups. Okay? And they're all at homes, so that ain't going to work. Right? We've got about 160 people in our church. There's no way that we can have that many people in any one given light group. We need more. And God will grow you through this process. I promise you. There are, for example, there are some of you all who are kind of natural-born leaders. God-given, talented leaders. Want to grow in your leadership? Do you? You ought to, right? Well, sign up. Sign up to lead that light group for five weeks, the five weeks starting the Sunday after Easter. Some of you, like Jennifer, my wife, has the gift, have the gift of hospitality. You love welcoming people and um, serving them and caring for them and, you know, and um, welcoming them. Some of you guys do that on Sundays Really, really well, ushers and greeters. But you need to grow in that gift. You ought to grow. Maybe you don't need to. You ought to. And you know how you can do that? The same sheet. Sign up to open your home for five weeks. One day, a couple hours, one day a week for five weeks. There's the opportunity you have. The sheet will be in the back. And we do need, we need, need lots of light groups for that. And, um, and I, but I promise you, God will grow you through it. Um, I started off with a, a quote uh, from 
um, Leonardo da Vinci. I'm going to end with a couple from him, and then uh, actually one more from him. Did you know that, uh, I'm sorry, from uh, one of his contemporaries. uh, uh, Actually, let me back up a second. It says in Proverbs uh, 27.17, as iron sharpens iron, so uh, a friend sharpens a friend, right? Or a man sharpens the countenance of another, right? Depending on the translation you look at. Can you be sharpened unless you're close? Nope. But you know how I like to remind people that as iron sharpens iron, sparks fly. Now the first quote, that was from King Solomon, of course. The second one was mine. But it's true, huh? Right? Both. I won't say that mine is equally true to King Solomon's, but mine's true too, right? Iron sharpens iron. Um, sparks will fly. But you can't get sharpened otherwise. And God will use that opportunity to turn you into the person, the man or the woman, that he has designed you to be. I promise. Like I said, money back guarantee. Um, in fact, uh, the quote I was talking about a minute ago was actually by Michelangelo, one of Leonardo da Vinci's uh, contemporaries. And he was asked, you know, he was a sculptor, he was an artist and a sculptor, and I mean, just probably one of the greatest minds ever. And um, he loved to sculpt. He actually loved to sculpt more than he liked to paint. And he said that um, because... Uh, Sculpting, you're taking stuff away. In painting, you're adding stuff. And he was asked, you know, one of his most famous sculptures was the sculpture of King David. It's called David, right? I mean, one of the most magnificently beautiful sculptures. I've only seen pictures of it, um, but it's amazing. And he was asked about that, right? He started with a big block of marble, and he asked, how did you turn that block of marble into such an amazing statue? And he said... I created a vision of David in my mind and simply carved away everything that was not David. That's exactly what God wants to do with you. He knows who you are. He has the vision for exactly who you are, who he intends for you to be. And as iron sharpens iron... He will cut away the parts that are not the true you. If you let him. Doesn't work on Sundays. It doesn't happen very well on Sundays. It's just not designed for it. It happens pretty well when the sparks are flying in a light group. Um, the other quote I really liked... He, uh, similar, also uh, Michelangelo, when he, uh, another one of his statues that was an angel. And he said, he was asked about that, and he said, I saw the angel in the marble and carved until I set him free. Oh. Right? I mean, that too, isn't that God's picture or his plan for us? That he sees us, not as angels, well, not like angels, but he sees us, the true us will keep carving away until we are set free. 
Don't you see that this process of discipleship is a process of freedom? Not of like, oh, gosh, they're asking for more of my time or all this. It's not about that. It is about freedom. Now, uh, having all these quotes of Da Vinci and Michelangelo may make you think that I'm like all this highbrow stuff. So I'm going to end with a quote by one of my favorite uh, baseball managers, Leo DeRocher. Um, He uh, was the uh, manager for the Brooklyn Dodgers, the New York baseball giants, and the Chicago Cubs later on. And he said, baseball's like church. Many attend, few understand. Yeah, if you make it complicated... And two, if you only show up on Sunday, it gets a lot simpler and more understandable because we start actually living it, right? And that's the, the way I want to end, really, is to, to remind you all that I'm not asking, the truth is I am not asking you to join a Bible study. Now, will you study Scripture? Yep. Will you pray for each other? Yep. Will you um, be encouraged to study your Bible on your own and, you know, and to come, you know, with um, maybe something that God has said to you? Yep. But these are not Bible studies. My friend Bob Goff calls them Bible doings. We're going to learn scripture and then we're going to go do it. We're going to go and love people. We're going to learn how to love others and serve others. And then we're going to go do it. That's why all the light groups eventually are going, they're going to, they're the gateway to the third part of the discipleship process. Serve, serving. All the serving is going to happen through light groups. And so you're going to get to, yes, get to serve. And that's how God will grow you through this process. Okay, so for five weeks, and oh, by the way, the, uh, the study, rather than what War Room, like we did last year, we're going to, uh, it's going to be based on the movie Risen. Have any of y'all seen that movie yet? Seen the movie Risen? It's basically a movie about a Roman centurion. It's a fictional story, but it's about a Roman centurion who, after the crucifixion of Jesus, his job was go find the body. Because if we could find the body, we could put to rest all this noise that was happening that Jesus had resurrected. I won't ruin the end of the story, but he doesn't find the body. (laughs) So hopefully I didn't ruin that for anybody. Um, But we're going to actually be showing that movie here the Wednesday after Easter. And then the week after that, we're going to start those five, just five weeks. We're going to go through the movie Risen together as a church. And we're offering you the opportunity to be part of a group for those five weeks. To, yeah, go through that movie, be kind of, Better, it'll be kind of fun. There'll be lots of good discussion. But to give you the opportunity to grow, 
to grow in your relationship with God, to grow in your relationship with others, and to maybe reprioritize a little bit and to give some time for serving eventually. That's it. All right? So now, actually, we're going to have another little service opportunity because Pastor Richie's going to come up, and by the way, this is the third Sunday of the month, and that means it is um, uh, Mission Sunday. Sorry. And uh, also the worship team's going to come up after that or come on up and play one last song, that simple church song we've been talking about. And so with that, the the sign-up sheet will be in the back. Want lots of sign-ups. <laughs> <laughs>